0: I remember a couple of years back, I was in the seminary still, and my one of my friends that I've known all my life asked if we could chat about God. And we had been our, in our previous encounter, we had been talking a lot about these different ideas, and he was these were things that he had thought he had thought about and put quite a bit of time thinking about. Um, the existence of God and kind of the meaning of life. And so we decided to get coffee together, for breakfast, and he was, he was giving me a lot of his objections to believing in God. And the particular objection that he brought up, right at the beginning, I found to be a very interesting one he said, I don't understand how at the end of your life this all-powerful God, this all-good God, just kind of has this list. And this list determines whether or not you go to heaven and live in eternal bliss forever or you go to hell and you live in eternal death forever and isolation and, and pain. And and the whole time that you're living out your life all you're doing is um, trying to follow these these rules as it were and if they kind of stack up the right way at the end you make it but who knows until the end if you're going to make it or not. You know maybe maybe you get more on the good side and the bad side, and if you get them on the, the more of them on the good side, your deeds, then you make it. But who knows? And so, you're just kind of in this eternal uh, not eternal, you're in a wishy washy state your whole life. And so, uncertain of, of, of how it's all going to turn out. And so, I explained to my friend that this is absolutely not how. Jesus describes what he's doing. It's absolutely not how we understand what it means to believe in God, to be a part of the church. And see, this is a hyper-moralistic way of looking at the life of Christ. Hyper-moralistic. Seeing the moral life as the most important part of Christianity. What we understand as Catholics and as disciples of Jesus is that our life with Jesus is all about relationship. Relationship. Our moral actions and the decisions that we make to live a virtuous or a vicious life full of vice, those things contribute to the relationship. But those things in themselves are not the most important things, our moral actions. Because we don't believe in an ideology This is not just another ideology. It's like a set of beliefs and a moral structure. This is where Christianity is very, very different than every other. It's one of the ways that Christianity is very, very different from all of the different religions in the world. Major religions, most definitely. See, everything that we believe in and that we do is rooted in relationship with Jesus and friendship with Jesus. The Trinity is a relationship of persons. A relationship of communion. And even the context of this gospel passage and this beautiful passage where Jesus talks about this connectedness that we have with him. Where we are like one single organism. I am the vine, you are the branches. You receive your life force from me. But I mean, that is an incredible image. The branches, yes, are separate than the vine, but they're all one organism. So they're two different things, but they're one single organism that all of the energy that comes from sunlight and the water that nourishes, its all going through the same plant same type of connectedness. So the context of this particular gospel passage is the Last Supper itself. So in the context of the Last Supper where Jesus is sharing himself in the most intimate way possible. Through his body and blood. This is how he speaks. Sacraments are ordered towards our communion and the relationship with Christ. So we don't want to get caught up in, in thinking all the time of our relationship with God as our definition of how we're doing morally. That, that's important. We need to examine our consciences and consider where, how we can grow as human beings. But everything must be seen in the context of how is this helping me grow in my relationship with Christ? Because all the things that the church gives us, once again, the laws that the church gives us, the the gifts of prayer, the various forms of prayer, all these things are oriented towards this relationship with Jesus and the Holy Trinity. We talk about like yesterday I gave uh, Holy Communion, we, uh, we had our, our Holy Communicants come. We talk about the Eucharist as communion. We talk about baptism as the beginning point, not just a ritual, where we're initiated into uh, like a society or something like that, or some club or organization. It is, where, it is a very starting point of where God comes to dwell in us in our baptism. Where God's own life force, the Holy Spirit, his own the person of the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell in us in the, in the sacrament of baptism. And holy communion. And when we, ourselves, just like anyone in a marriage, when you, you do something that is very regrettable to your spouse, there is remorse. And, and that hurts the communion that we have with our spouse. When we do something very selfish, or we take, take, we have some kind of behavior that hurts them. We know that that creates a divide between us. And what do we have to do when we make that recognition that I just did something wrong? We apologize. The Sacrament of Reconciliation is very relational. It's not a stacking up of deeds for some abstract ideal. I'm sorry I hurt you, a person speaking to Jesus. Just one uh, final story. This has always stayed with me. This is uh, a seminary formator who is a deacon gave this particular story, he was a fairly newly married man in his first couple years of marriage, and he was working on his Ph.D., and he would spend all this time in the library and he'd be working and uh, working, and his wife said, you know, um, you're not spending enough time with me. And, and the relationship just started to, to grow more and more distant. And he would kind of ignore that and he just would get a little bit frustrated with her because what he was doing from his perspective was he was investing in their family and their future family, the kids that they would have and, and their relationship by putting all this time into his degree. And uh, she said, that she came to a breaking point at a certain point, and she said, she gave him an ultimatum. She said, um, I'm going to leave you if you don't start having one hour with me every day. And so at 3 o'clock, we sit down together, and we talk. And so he describes this scenario and he said he was just all worked up about it and he was so angry at her for being so obstinate and not seeing his point of view. And so the first day, he, he said he just kind of had his arms crossed and he just sat there. And um, he, wouldn't really, he wouldn't really talk, he was just too upset. And he started to loosen up as the week went on. Well, eventually, this became this hour that they spent together, became the, the kind of holding point and the source of communion in their marriage. And so as he looked back on it when he told the story to us, it was 20 or 25 years later, and he said that completely saved our marriage and became the source of life and communion for our relationship Became something we both looked forward to. That kept us together and connected and gave us life. And changed the whole way that I started to look at my marriage. The friendship and the communion comes first. Everything else follows. Jesus, we ask you to help us to stay close with you, interiorly. Help us to recognize that you are much closer than we even realize, that you dwell within us, and that we share your Holy Spirit. Help us every day to grow closer in communion with you, Lord. And as we grow closer to you, and we want to grow in communion with you, help us to repent from any things that keep us away from you. Help us to always see our faith as personal, not a lot of ideas. Help us to just be rooted in relationship with you, Lord, and experience the joy that you speak about in this discourse in our gospel. Help us every single time we receive Holy Communion to not take it for granted, but to just commune with you and receive you fully to the best of our abilities and enter into the joy. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's just take a few moments in silent prayer to listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.